Glenn, what is it that you could possibly be so afraid of? What is hurting you? What is giving you this deep sense of dread? I can't get away from it, man. It's everywhere. What is everywhere? I can't. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Say it. For science. <laughs> Spoilers. 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 Well, I should warn you. The following podcast contains spoilers for The Brood. You have been warned. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of KFR News Radio. This is your host Glenjamin Bunn, along with your host Miguel, my spooky gusto. Oh, my spooky gusto! My spooky gusto! It's that Ms. time of year. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, yes, yes. I mm-hmm. spent a spooky weekend up in the woods, mm-hmm, watching mm-hmm. spooky things that aren't really that spooky, but they're spooky on the but inside. They felt spooky. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Yes, I understand. It gets you the little jiggles inside. It makes you feel some sort of way. I understand. <laughs> yep. Uh, but how, how was yes. the weekend overall? Was it fantastic? Was oh, it fun? It was, it was fine. It was good. We went up, uh, me and my friends went up to the uh, Adirondacks, which we do pretty much every year. Uh, mm-hmm. Just spend like a long four-day weekend there. Mainly we go there because there's this place called Mountainside Smokehouse uh, that has delicious food. Oh. Uh, that's le- legitimately the main reason we go up there. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> it's not for the mountains. It's not for, yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, but yeah, it's always great. We watched some some good movies. I guess I could start this time, be, throw it off well. a little bit. Also, I'm pretty sure yours is going to be a little disappointing. But It's you know, going to be whatever. super disappointing. <laughs> uh, in total, I saw six movies, uh, four mm-hmm. of which were uh, rewatches. The first one I watched was Don't Worry, Darling. I watched it with you. We with sat me. in theaters. Yes, and we have a review of that up on the YouTubes for anyone who would like to watch that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Find out our thoughts. You can find out more there. Then, uh, up in the Adirondacks with my boys, I watched rewatched four movies with them. We had a nice movie-watching time. Uh, I forced them all to sit down and watch Tremors, forced them to watch it uh, Clockwork Orange style with their eyes pried open. (laughs) Uh, Because only one of them had seen it at that point. Uh, and one of them said it was a movie so bad that it's good. I'm like, no, it's a movie so good that it's good. Uh, yeah. Hold up, stop that, man. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I made them watch Tremors. They all loved it, of course, because it is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tremors. If you haven't seen it, uh, why haven't you lived yet? Yeah, what's your problem, pal? I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you're at least the age of sixteen, hopefully older and up. <laughs> why Why are you not living your life correctly if you haven't watched Tremors? Uh, then there's this really cool old theater we try to go to up there called the Strand Theater up in Old Forge, New York. Uh, yes. We try to see a movie there every time we're up there. Uh, so we, uh, the only movie that we really wanted to watch up there was Top Gun Maverick. So we rewatched Top Gun. I rewatched Top Gun Maverick. They all watched it for the first time. 
mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. at at Strand Theater in Old Forge, New York. Uh, still, probably one of the best remakes that took forever, or not remakes, sequels to, that took forever <laughs> to get made. Um, it's a solid sequel. It what is. Can, what else can I say? Uh, then I forced them all again to watch a movie called Dead Alive, also known as Brain Dead. Uh, it's called Dead Alive in the States, called Brain Dead pretty much everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Peter Jackson's first films is a zombie movie. Uh, yeah, it's hilarious. It's a comedy, by the way, a zombie comedy. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and it's it's great. I, I know for a fact you haven't watched it. And it definitely lives I, up to Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, in ways, <laughs> in ways. Okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that there's, a. if you haven't seen it, check it out. You, you should do it. Cause mm-hmm. why haven't you lived? Same thing with tremors. You, you're not alive. Yeah. You're legally just, dead. Just stop playing dead. Just, yeah. Just watch it. <laughs> Pretty much this entire trip was me making them watch movies they haven't seen before. Because <laughs> the the last rewatch I had was a uh, movie by Matt Stone and Trey Parker uh, of the South Park fame, mm-hmm. and it is called Orgasmo. Uh, uh, I was expecting basketball. No basketball. I mean, I I we almost watched basketball, but we ran out of time. Mm-hmm. But Orgasmo is, I believe, it's their first feature. No, no, it's not. They they did a can, the Cannibal the Musical, um, but. Orgasmo is about this Mormon missionary who gets uh, suckered into acting in a porn film. Oh. Uh, of course, he doesn't do any of the sex in the porn film, but... It's a classic dilemma. Yes, it is a classic dilemma. Uh, it's really stupid, but to the point that it's funny. Uh, I really like stupid humor for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Orgasmo, there's that. And then I watched The Brood, which we'll get into in just a second, but Glenn... Tell me your mm. disappointing news. Ah, uh, yes, I had once upon a time watched Don't Worry, Darling. That's it. It's like, no, I did watch two shows. Um, <gasps> one, is, one is an ongoing show, and the other one is a Netflix one, so I was able to just crank out the whole thing. Um, I started with the show, and uh, it's called Pantheon. Um, basically, it's about... Uh, Kind of your your subconscious being uploaded to the internet, and then you mm-hmm. know li- you're basically living on through that as long as you know internet and electronics is a thing. Um, yeah, that shows shows really cool. Um, there's a lot of drama in it, so it's not just exactly what I said and just all like oh hanky dory, let's go to the internet for things mm-hmm. and live there. Um, it's it's actually really good so far. It reminds me a lot of Invincible. Uh, I guess a because it's by AMC, so. That's that's part of it probably. I don't know if it's the same people who made Invincible or not, but uh, it's genuinely good so far. I really like the whole storytelling aspect of like uploading like your your mind or like your being into like electronics and it kind of living on. There's a game called Soma that is like the perfect storytelling aspect of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think I actually recommended that to you just because it was so good, but. Uh, mm-hmm. it's on six episodes. I watched five, um, as we're doing this podcast. So I still got to crank that out. So it's really fun so far. And it's got Daniel Day Kim playing a guy named David Kim, which is kind of hilarious to me. Um, yeah. but after that, I watched uh, cyberpunk edge runners, 
which is that Netflix series that I was just talking about. Uh, it's about 10 episodes. It's actually pretty short. Each one's like half an hour. And it's about the uh, kind of like the, the little universe of the world of cyberpunk 2077. Or just technically cyberpunk because it, it was created. It's um, basically like future like uh, electronic punks. Basically, just kind of, it was a very electronic day, futuristic, and everybody's like a gang member, and it's just, as much as I'm saying, like, one key words at a time, it's genuinely, I'm trying not to spoil anything, because it's genuinely a really good show. It's got a lot of people choked up right now. Uh, I, 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 I didn't get choked up, I didn't cry, but damn, is it pulling on some heartstrings at certain points. For somebody like Mike, he probably wouldn't cry at all either, but... Uh, it's I got the internet. Cry. It's got internet by the balls right now. Just how good it was, and basically, mm-hmm. it it just rejuvenated the shit out of the cyberpunk game, which on release was hot garbage. Basically, uh, it's a very mixed fan base there, but it rejuvenated the uh, the fan base to go back and play the game it, to where it, it hit its peak numbers on mm-hmm. on the game ever played, which is. Pretty cool, honestly, um, because the world yeah. itself is pretty dope, and it's great storytelling. It just needed the push, and this was kind of the push. So that was pretty yeah. cool, too, and after that, I didn't watch anything else besides The Brood. Yes, but before mm-hmm. we get into The Brood, we have two pieces of news. Mm-hmm. One of them Glenn knows. One of them I literally found out as you were speaking, Glenn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is uh, it has been confirmed that Hugh Jackman is going to reprise his role as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. Uh, Him and Ryan Reynolds released a fun little video Mm -hmm. uh, confirming that. And uh, I, regardless of how it turns out, I don't think it's going to ruin Logan because it's Deadpool and it's just funny. And it's also taking place (laughs) before Logan, so there's that. Okay. They they released released the second video. Um, kind of yeah. explaining that it's not going to ruin Logan and how that went. So, so it's does that mean basically take bef- that before? Dead, does that mean it takes place before Deadpool two as well? Because Deadpool two referenced Logan. I don't know. That they, they got to figure that out. That's that's on them. But uh, they, they released they like, another. <laughs> they released another little funny video, and they basically said it's taking place yeah. before Logan. So who knows? Yeah. Well, either way, I'm really excited. Uh, I mean, they Pretty could much also could take place in between Origins if they if they really wanted yeah. to go back. Like a little prequel. Yeah, could. Um, but yeah, either way, pretty much Hugh Jackman is Wolverine and Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool is the only time I'll get excited about the MCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glenn has seen me watch Deadpool and knows I laugh obnoxiously while watching it. Yeah, of so, course we both uh, do. I, yeah, I hope to do that again. Uh, the second bit of news is a little bit sad, and unfortunately, I, I like I said, just found it out while uh, we were talking. Uh, this, of course, is going to be released two weeks after this happened, so it's a, probably a late news by now. But uh, Coolio has passed away, unfortunately. Uh, oh, wow. Just, just found that out. Uh, he was 59 years old. No information on how he died yet. Again, happened today, September 28th. Uh, and I just found out about it. So, uh, but yeah, that really bummed me out. So, uh, mm-hmm. I felt like I should bum you out too, Glenn. You should, yeah. How dare you? Now he's living in the real gangster's paradise. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I can't sit here and, and say that like I was a huge fan of him, but I love gangster's paradise as a song. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, you know, it's one of the greatest rap songs ever written. So he will be missed for sure. Uh, by the hip hop community and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, absolutely. Uh, rest in peace, Coolio. And with that being said, no smooth segue into this. Let's get into <laughs> the brood. They come from the unknown, and they're here now, hiding, waiting to strike. You can feel their presence all around you. Never before have you come this close to the edge of terror. Never before have you faced anything so strange and sinister, so bizarre and unnerving. Never until now. David Cronenberg's The Brood. A man tries to uncover an unconventional psychologist therapy techniques on his institutionalized wife amidst, er, amidst, amidst, amidst a series of brutal murders. I almost had it. I'm a piece of shit. Amidst. Amidst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, written and directed by David Cronenberg. It is starring Oliver Reed, Art Hindle, Samantha Egger, uh, Henry Beckman, uh, Nuala Fitzgerald, Cindy Hines. Uh, and others, Susan Hogan, she's a pretty big character in it. And Gary McKeon is probably the last big character in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this, of course, was a uh, uh, streaming roulette choice. It was the one, the only one that we both hadn't seen. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the main reason we picked it. I, th- this, honestly, has been the year of David, David Cronenberg for me. Uh, I want to say it's either my third or fourth David Cronenberg movie that I've watched this year. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I had no real strong opinions about him before. Uh, but after this one, I he's becoming one of, like, the more surprising directors that I, I watch where it's not really my thing genre-wise, but I actually like what he does with the, the, the genre. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it just is really interesting to me. Yeah, third, third uh, David Cronenberg film I've watched this year. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was really interesting. Um, to say the you know, least. Just the, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, just the idea of like telepathically creating monster demon children that go and do your bidding, kill like mm. kill people for you. Yeah. It's just a weird, weird thing that, you know, I'm not surprised that David Cronenberg came up with it, but it's not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> I think, believe it or not, I think think this is my first david cronenberg film i'm trying to look yeah. through letterbox right now and it's uh it's you haven't seen much... history of violence or nope uh uh eastern promises uh did i watch that oh wait it might be it might be not just showing me at all what uh okay there it is that's better that's better. All right, so I watched Crash, Jason, and then there's two blank ones that it's not showing me at all. So who knows what that is? Mm. Probably Eastern Promises. But uh, yeah, yeah maybe. this is my first one, or well, first horror one, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but... they're all horror in some way. He usually mm-hmm. does body horror, not so much uh, like paranormal stuff. This kind of delves into the paranormal stuff as well. Uh, he, of course, really kind of. I feel like he really likes the idea of telepathic monsters because scanners is a similar thing where people uh are can kill people just with their minds and everything 
Uh, so I feel like he uh, kind of had a few nightmares about people killing him with him with his mind or their mind. He's definitely um, had two of them. Yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, for a '70s movie, I thought this was uh, really the the tone of this was really um, well displayed. You know, it's it, '70s movies oftentimes have like a I don't want to say a weird tone, like a dry tone where it's kind of like very flat and not in a bad way. It's just it's it doesn't feel like a fully fleshed out movie. That, that's because the 70s were like big in, with indie movies and everything. But this yeah. kind of um, it felt more complete, kind of felt a little like an 80s horror movie in in, in some aspects. Um I don't mm-hmm. get 1979. That's pretty damn close to the 80s. So uh, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> um well, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. I, I, I didn't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting what happened. <laughs> I, I feel exactly the same way. Um, you you kind of don't know what to expect or what's going on at, at, at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's this menacing demon child that, that looks like the, the leprechaun from the, the leprechaun movie. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> like was this leprechaun chilling in the house the whole time and you're just very confused and then it gets uh mm-hmm. gets to the the part where you find out about how they popped up or it popped up there um and you're like oh that's that's pretty cool that that's happening that way i guess i could just jump into the spoilers but um she she's like manifesting these these demon children and that 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 was a cool idea I just it freaked yeah. me out the way they fucking looked. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, ready definitely. for that. I like the idea of them manifesting, but it freaked me out that they were just these sorry kids who played in this movie, ugly ass kids. <laughs> I was like, damn. They might have been little people. That too. Um, but yeah, I wasn't ready for that. I, I really like the idea of like her manifesting them. Um, yeah. I am. I am. Don't know if they ever explained why it took so long for them for her to manifest them. She just had this trauma for for years, and then just finally uh, decided to launch them about. I guess yeah. I shouldn't look Either too much into or, it. It's a seventies horror movie. Yeah. Either that, or her parents knew about it because when the one attacks her um, her father, uh, he looks at the creature and says uh, Nola. Which is, of course, the the woman's name. Yeah. So I I wonder if it was something that he had seen at some point, and uh, but never in like a violent way. Mm. Where uh, I thought that was, I mean, maybe, granted, that could have just been like maybe poor it's direction what or whatever. She but. looked like when she was younger. Yeah, I'm, kind of that, a lot like uh, how Cindy, Cindy, and uh, the kids look pretty much almost identical. Honestly. Yeah, just a little deformed and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, other yeah. than the deformities, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're they're all towheads. They're all super blonde, which is what towhead means for those who might be thinking I use a, a slur of some kind. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was confused. I was not gonna lie. I I was a towhead when I was a kid, so I'm allowed <laughs> to say it. But you're not allowed to say it, Glenn. No, I'm kidding. It's not it's not an offensive term. It's just a weird name for people who are super blonde when they're kids. Um, but yeah, it was. It just was kind of interesting because, like, I know David Cronenberg is like the body horror king. You know, he he always does weird stuff with like The Fly, uh, and um, his latest movie, uh, Crimes of the Crimes of the Future. 
Crimes of the Future, yeah. Like, the entire thing is just body horror, and so I was just waiting for that moment where this would become ridiculous, ridiculously over the top with body horror. And, of course, it's not until, like, the last 12 minutes where that happens where yeah. they show that she's growing these people or these, these creatures, uh, on, like, in a womb on the outside of her body. Mm-hmm. Um I was just when I saw that I was like, yeah, this is definitely a David Cronenberg movie. <laughs> yeah, um, especially how like how like well done the makeup and everything was for her at that end because mm-hmm. like a lot of it when you said last week you're like oh it's David Cronenberg's he's the guy for this and then like mm-hmm. nothing was happening and just like some ugly blood splatters and stuff like that I was like oh, yeah it's not really grabbing me and then her at the end I was like oh damn now I see yeah. now I see what's I going mean, on here. It's definitely still subdued compared to his other stuff, especially yeah. The Fly. Like, The Fly is, like, the most extreme example of that. Um, but it, it definitely has it. Uh, the I was just, like, a huge fan of the atmosphere of this. You know, it takes place in, uh, I'm assuming, Canada, because he's Canadian. It's snowing. Uh, I think they mentioned Halifax at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it does take place in Canada. But it's it's, like, this very for lack of a better word, like hopeless landscape where everything is dead and cold and everything. And, and even, uh, Oliver Reed as, as the therapist, uh, Dr. Hal Raglan, he's like this seemingly cold therapist. Who's like forcing people to have therapy sessions in front of people where he just berates them. And somehow that helps him, which mm-hmm. I, I thought it was weird that they didn't explain how it helped them really. I other thought than it was a play some- at first. <laughs> I did too, and and then when I found out it was therapy, I was like, "Who the hell would want to have therapy in front of an audience?" Yeah, that sounds that sounds horrible. Yep. Um, but it it was just a very weird, surreal element to the whole thing, uh, and it, it added to the atmosphere, which was very kind of creepy. Even though the majority of the time is very well lit, mm-hmm. and it it, it just kind of really had you dive into the story right away so it doesn't spit like waste any time getting into it which i appreciated of course especially when you thought like she was kind of like innocent this whole time and you know he's kind of being like this crazy ass doctor so like it, it yeah. set it up to be like oh maybe he is a crazy ass doctor and then mm-hmm. it, it you know once you get towards the end and find out his real intentions and what's going on you're like what the fucking shit's going on here man yeah. Uh, so no, it really, really set it up well for for him to kind of be like this antagonist, and then he really wasn't. He was actually trying to help, and just um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Frank was just pushing and pushing for something that he the 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 psychiatrist can't fucking fix. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, obviously, easily. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so no, it was it was a good setup, and definitely you're right about the atmosphere and all that. Yeah. And on top of that, like every one of the murders that happens is super brutal as well. Yeah. Like they use all these blunt objects and it's just you you feel every hit of the hammer or I think at one point they use a snow globe or mm. uh, what what have you. It's just it's a it's a unapologetically brutal movie, especially for the seven uh, for 1979. Um, and, you know, it's. Well, I wouldn't say I'm anytime someone asks me if a movie is scary, mm-hmm. I don't know how to answer because I don't really get scared in movies because I always watch them like as a filmmaker more than I do an audience member. Same, but, but like 
so while this still didn't scare me, it was like, God, that's kind of creepy. That's that's I, I'm, you know, if I saw that at night, I wouldn't be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, I mean, that kind of just goes with creepy kids. The, the the daughter, even though she's a protagonist, is a little creepy. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of just adds to the unease. Like, is she part of it? Is is it just her mom? Uh, and at some point, you're even like, is the dad part of it? You know, is like you're. It creates this mystery where you're wondering who is controlling these these uh, creatures that are just brutally killing people in the family. It just it, why yeah, are they just doing a, this to our boys? Why, why? my boy, my boy, my boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just overall, it's such a well made film and. It's got a lot of really interesting elements that, uh, I mean, I had never heard of this movie before. Apparently, it's pretty famous or popular. Same um, same here, honestly. Well, yeah, I'd never heard of it, and I was, I was very uh, pleasantly surprised with uh, the outcome. I really, I want to talk about this real quick. I really like the chick who played the wife, uh, Samantha Egger. Yeah. Because uh, she, especially in this this uh, this loop that keeps playing in the IMDb page, um she was amazing just looking it's like when you found out that she was the one creating these things and so on oh yeah i don't think she blinked no she doesn't at all blink she, she like just her eyes lo- were absolutely she crazy. looks fucking psychotic in a mm-hmm. good way obviously but like yeah. she she looked awesome for this like this role um especially when when she doesn't look psychotic in like the whole first two acts and you don't know she's she's pretty much the bad guy she looks so innocent and just pleading um, she's just like for her family and all that. Um, and then once, once you figure out it's her and then she's talking to her husband and, and like, she like, is like, you know, trying to get, trying to get back together with him. And then she slowly finds out that, um, he's, he's trying to get the daughter away. And she's like, are you trying to take her from me? I will mm-hmm. And like, she slowly builds into this psychotic, crazy fucking chick. Yeah. Saying and she'd rather kill her than, than. Yep. It was a huge like her. That whole scene was such a good build up for that character mm-hmm. and, and that actress and how she she did it. Uh, it was really awesome. It really kind of sealed the deal with how I, I liked. Because I, I mean, this movie for the most part, like it was it was fine, but that that part kind of sealed the deal with how I enjoyed the movie. I was like, oh, yeah. Between that and and like the body, like a like a morphing and all that, that that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. That was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's definitely a slow burn up until that point, and then it it, it really sells it well at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, regards to the the psychiatrist, Doctor Hal Raglan, uh, the entire time I was just like, this guy's face and voice look so goddamn familiar. Where have I seen him before? Uh, and so it was bug. I was trying to figure it out without looking it up because you know sometimes that's more fun than just uh, looking it up. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, Proximo in Gladiator. Uh, if if have you seen Gladiator? I have seen Gladiator. Okay, so he's the uh, old man in in Gladiator um, who uh, kind of befriends Russell Crowe's character, uh, and he actually died in during the filming of Gladiator to the point where they had to use unused footage to kind of finish his character's arc. Yeah. Um, but like the entire time, I was just like, he looks so familiar. Who the hell is he? And mm-hmm. then, like, I eventually I did look it up. But it, it just you. it was bo- it was I know I'm a failure. Right um, to my face. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But uh, yeah, it, it was it was cool to see him. He is such a presence on film. Like mm-hmm. he just kind of commands the screen and and, and super this, stoic. He's very beautiful. Super man. stoic. Uh, exudes authority. Like you knew who was in charge anytime mm-hmm. he was on screen, especially with his clients. Um, and and it made you think that he was the villain for a long point. And that that's a great thing I love about this as well. There's so many red herrings that make you be like, oh, maybe this guy's the bad guy or that guy's the bad guy or whatever. And yeah. it's. You, you know, in in the end, it's someone who's so obvious, but also at the same time, probably had the least of your suspicion. Um, not that it's like you're like, oh, it couldn't be her. You're just like, it, it's she seemed so obvious that it made you look at everyone else. Yeah, especially if you weren't expecting what the fuck she was doing. You're just like, oh, why? How the hell? No, she couldn't morph demons out of her body. <laughs> Yeah, some people might think it's a bad thing that, like, you know it's her, but, like, it it does it so well that it makes you look for other people because you're like, it can't, it can't be. Like, how could she, she's stuck. How could she be doing this? Mm-hmm. And and then uh, it's, I just love that aspect of it. Like, like how many times you, I personally second-guessed who was controlling these creatures or at least, you know, sending them. Um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. have anything else to say, really. There's, it's, it's not too easy to talk about, especially hour and a half and the, the context of how much goes on. It's pretty straightforward, mm-hmm. so it's hard to go into oh, yeah. super details about all this, but other than oh, yeah. what we talked about already, yeah. Oh, uh, except for, uh, can we get justice for Ruth Mayer, please? Yeah, for real? What did that for poor real? lady the, do? The, yeah, the kindergarten teacher who wasn't, having an affair or anything with Frank, but because mm-hmm. Nola thought she was, gets brutally murdered by two little people with a yeah. hammer. Like uh, in front that, of a bunch of other kids. Crazy. Yeah. And she was just being like she was just being a good teacher. She was trying to make sure that her student outside of school hours was taken care of. Mm-hmm. Didn't jump at the opportunity to babysit her, but was just like, "What else is gonna like? Who else is gonna babysit her if I don't?" Yeah, and it was just, and she, oh, I just felt so bad for her. Yeah, she, for, like, uh, she I, definitely I knew needs some something justice. bad was gonna happen. Yeah, I, I knew something bad was gonna happen when Nola call, uh, called the house and she picked up. I was like, "Oh no, not yeah. Ruth, not sweet Ruth." <sighs> justice for Ruth. <laughs> justice. But anyway, that does it for our, uh, not judgment, our review for The Brood. That brings us to the judgment. As always, it needs to be a unanimous decision whether or not it goes to the cave of our shelf with the likes of Apostle or Handmaiden. Mm-hmm. Glenn. Yeah. Okay. Uh, pick a number between one and a hundred. Three. Three? Okay, so you go first. Does this go on the shelf? Uh, all right, let's see, let's see. Let's with the see. likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. Of course, if there are no other way around it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I did enjoy the movie. Um, and if you if you hear the silence, it's me genuinely thinking about it. Um, because <laughs> a, a lot of it, you, you kind of just have on in the background, you're watching, not much is going on, a woman's pleading, and then you know there's little kids running around murdering people. But that's the end that seals the deal, and I think I think that's what I'm thinking about so hard compared to the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, um, is the end strong enough? Strong to enough. Lift to, up the rest of it. Yeah, 
Um, what are your thoughts, brother? I'm sorry, but I'm putting this on you a little bit. I need <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like the the first hour and twenty minutes is good, mm-hmm. but it's not like blow your mind good. Yeah, uh, and then the last t- uh, 10, 15 minutes really does lift up the rest of the the picture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. Like, does it really lift it up enough for the whole movie to be on the shelf? Mm-hmm. Uh, I am leaning that it does. You know, there's it's different enough for me to like rather talk about this than just your average like ghost movie or demon possession movie. Yeah. Uh it's it's unique. It it creates its own world, it creates its own rules that David Cronenberg does so well. Uh it has pretty cool body horror at the end of course. Um mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and of course Samantha Egger, I'm I'm seeing her face right now as I say this uh in the film. Uh she absolutely kills it as Nola uh and and the the just the fall from someone who's legitimately trying to get help to someone who's like just going to control everyone that she lives with, uh, Mm -hmm. lives around. Um, so I would say, yeah, it does. It does go on the shelf. (sighs) You, you're right. It's, it's just, (laughs) it's so, especially in the horror genre alone. I think a movie like this definitely deserves to be on our shelf at least i don't even remember how many other ones are on there but i think this one goes up there just just for how just how well it was done especially the end if it Mm. if it were just about ghosts or demons i would say probably not but because it creates its own monster yeah uh that i that definitely boosted up for me so i think the brood definitely Mm. goes on the shelf with the likes of apostle and handmaiden amen Yes, so that does it for our judgment for The Brood. Uh, that brings it to, to week four, our assignment for week four of the spooktacular Spooktober from mm-hmm, KFR. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is my turn again, uh, and I hate to break it to everyone, but I'm picking a movie that I've already seen again. Because <laughs> uh, Glenn has not seen it. I have not. And you you may remember me talking about it earlier. We're going to watch... Dead Alive, also known as Brain Dead, directed by I Peter was, Jackson. I was going to say Brain Dead. Instead, <laughs> I put Dead Brain like an ass. Yeah, D- Dead Alive is the American title, Brain Dead. If you can't find it under Dead Alive, you'll find it under Brain Dead. I know for a fact on Letterboxd it is under Brain Dead. Uh, this is only available on YouTube, but it's not rented. It's for free on YouTube. I don't know mm. how it's there or how it has not been taken down, but it's there. Hopefully, it's there when other people check it out. I'm sending it to Glenn right now. Uh, uh-huh. If you're cool like me, you'll already own it on DVD. Um, so, yeah, I don't need that link, but I got that link just for you, Glenn. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. So, dead, dead Alive. A young man's mother is bitten by a Sumatran rat monkey. She gets sick and dies, at which time she comes back to life, killing and eating dogs, nurses, friends, and neighbors. On this picturesque block, in this manicured home, something evil. Something terrifying, something horrifying, is haunting Lionel. His mother. I thought I told you to spray this house. The place is infested with vermin. Although she was a little strict. Look at this dust. It's an inch thick. He never wished her any harm. You look after me. Until... (laughs) 
Your mother's dead, Lionel. <gasps> now, whatever Mom's got. Where's your mother? Has caught on with the neighbors. She's been bitten! You know what that means? You can pray. I kick ass for the Lord. You can plead. You can beg for mercy. But nothing you can do will stop you. Because how do you kill something that's already dead? Primark Pictures presents a modern masterpiece of horror. Your modern Dead alive. Party's over. Yep. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> this is a comedy. Just yeah. keep, this is also being considered the, uh, called the goriest movie ever made. But it's really? gory in a yeah, it's better, gory in a funny than way. Eli so. Roth or anybody has made? Oh, one hundred percent. Wow, one hundred percent. Again, it's done in a comedic way, but it's yeah. still very, very gory. <laughs> Directed, of course, by Peter Jackson. Written. By St- uh, Stephen Sinclair, Fran Walsh, and Peter Jackson, starring Timothy Balm, uh, Diana Penyalver, uh, Elizabeth Moody, Ian Watkin, Brenda Kendall, Stuart Devinney, uh, Jed Brophy, Stephen Paps, or Paps, Stephen Pra uh, Stephen Paps, and uh, a whole bunch of others. Uh, quite possibly the best character in this is Father McGruder, mm-hmm. and I will not say anything other than uh, Bruce Lee. And uh, I'll leave it at that. You'll know what I mean when you watch it. Got it. So, yes. Uh, got any questions, Glenn? Wow, look at that. I was looking at the uh, the pictures in there, and I'm going to stop there. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no questions. Yeah. Just uh, I ins- wish, inspired thoughts. Just very I wish wondering. I could watch this with you. I don't know if we'll be able to make it work. Mm-hmm. But if we can, I would like to watch this with you. If not, it's fine. Because uh, this is definitely a movie that is better with friends. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Dead Alive, our assignment for next week, is on YouTube. Uh, hopefully I will have the, the link for it in the description of this podcast episode so you can check it out there. If not, uh, you can just type in Dead Alive or Brain Dead for on YouTube and it should pop up, uh, assuming that uh, Peter Jackson doesn't take it down between now mm. and then. So yeah, we're gonna be the uh, the push over the edge, I guess, huh? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you everyone for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I'm Mike KFR, and I'm Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we kick ass for the Lord. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I'm not going to say what that's from. It's certainly not Dead Alive, I'll tell you that. Couldn't couldn't be. Why would you couldn't reference be. a movie we're going to watch? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.